Folks, it's episode 123 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in our previous podcasts, you really never hear us talk about politics, but in this podcast, that's exactly what we're going to do. So we're going to start out talking about things that are germane politically to the United States of America and then move into this issue of Hasatan, or you might know him as Satan, or you might know him as the devil. So sit back and relax. Another action-packed episode of Hebrews in Exile. You know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. Do I want to be the junior or you be the junior this week? Man, man. <laughs> and I am I'm ready. I'm ready for tonight's podcast. You like a like a like a funny car, revved up, ready to go. I've been ready. I've been ready for this <laughs> all day long, man. But before I get into this. I, I want to say something that you probably won't agree with me on. Oh, here you go. But I got to do it. Okay. We are living in a very difficult climate, particularly as it pertains to the melanated man. The climate is very difficult, and it's difficult for a divine purpose. Oh yeah, and if you don't know what the divine purpose is, then you really haven't been. You don't. You don't know the Most High. Mm -hmm. The Most High stirred up the nation of Israel by giving them a very hard-hearted, staunch uh, overseer in the name of Paro, mm. and the Most High hardened Paro's heart against them, mm -hmm. and he hardened his heart against them for the purpose of getting them to understand that it was time for them to get up out of where they were. Sure. And and they weren't going to get up out of where they were until there was at least some sense of cry or some sense of, of um, what's, what's the word, um, some sense of urgency mm. uh, in relationship to the persecution that they were going through that necessitated them leaving. Sure. This is where we almost are in this United States and in the world con concerning the people that hate us. Sure. Sure. Now, we have lost sons, daughters, husbands and wives, and prominent leaders of of our people. And the problem being is that a majority of the people that we've lost don't even know that they're the father's people. Sure. But that doesn't negate that doesn't negate the issue that we're confronted with in terms of the suffering. Mm. I'm not being political, but I am being somewhat protective in terms of what I'm going to say. The Fulton County Attorney General just dropped 
41 indictments on the 45th president under the RICO law, which mm -hmm. is racketeering. The federal government just dropped, what, 40, 40 counts? And their uh, case that's appearing before a black judge. What's my point? My point is because of the climate that has been stirred up by the 45th president, our people of color that are particularly sitting in power are under extreme duress, even to the point of being threatened and under the, under the influence of being threatened by the opposing people that are not us, which are the European mm. Caucasians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their lives are literally, as we sit tonight, their lives are sitting in a state where they need the prayer of the righteous mm. to cover them and their families during this distressed time and moving forward. Mm. Because when, when you have the power, and the thing, about, the thing about a mob boss, a mob boss always has his minions go do his dirty work. Sure. And in this case, 45's mob people are his, are his, his followers. Mm -hmm. They're out doing his dirty work, mm -hmm. okay? And when you can send, have people go to somebody's house mm -hmm. and threaten them, mm -hmm. that's, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And our people uh, are, are frightened by it. Mm -hmm. And while they stand strong in the positions that they're standing strong in, and they are some very they are two very strong women mm -hmm. yet and still they need they need us who know the most high and even if even you know if you're listening to this podcast and your god is jesus well then pray to jesus but pray to somebody pray to somebody in our case we're going to pray to the divine one who has delivered Hebrew Israel out of all of its distress, distressful situations, which happens to be Yahweh. And me personally, I am holding up these two women and their families before the Most High to keep the dangers and the different sources that would try to destroy them away from them and their families. Mm -hmm. Because they don't need to be destroyed because of unrighteousness. Sure. When they're trying, when they're trying their best to protect whatever righteousness there is in this crazy mixed up country. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we had talked about it um, a little bit before as even unconsciously they're fulfilling a mitzvot, which is to be able to uh, abide by the law and those that have come victim to it, not give them any preferential treatment because of who they are. Yeah. Just because uh, uh, former President Trump, that's who we're talking about, um, has done these egregious acts, he doesn't get it passed just because of his status or who he is. Right, right. We still have to be able to uphold justice and be lawful. And I think it's quite appropriate to go ahead and ask for their strength because anybody that's in a position of 
of, of being a Hasofet, which is a, which is a judge, or being in a position, not per se a judge-judge, but being able to judge a situation and then render it and then be persecuted because they're upholding righteousness, that shouldn't be at all. You shouldn't be persecuted because you're upholding righteousness. Right. And, um, you know, even though they're not operating in the, under the, the law of the mitzvot of the Most High, it's still something that is germane to, to uh, the culture of the people, which is to uphold righteousness. And that's now, what they're doing. It's interesting that I brought that up because as I'm sure. sitting here, this takes us, this gives us a segue into tonight's topic. A hot topic? A hot topic. <laughs> no pun intended. <sighs> Sean. Yes, sir. You and I have a spouse to our viewers, our listeners, and our congregation two things. Mm -hmm. One is that the Most High didn't lose his mind, or forget in the creation of things, he didn't forget anything. Sure. That's correct. One, there's no mention in our text of anything that's called hell. Correct. Fire and brimstone does not exist right. in the creation of the Most High. That's correct. With there being no creation of fire and brimstone in our text that the Most High created, there is also no devil. Correct. Within the text. Correct. But we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that as we read through text, we come across this word that shows up in, in text and in some of the writings, I was reading through the book of Yasher, and this is what triggered me for tonight's discussion. Uh, I was reading a passage where the name Satan came up. Mm. And within the religious world, everybody knows or everybody assumes that Satan is the devil. Is the devil. And the devil is Satan. Mm-hmm. Like the one and the same, which is, oh goodness, gone. I'm stealing your thunder. Go I'm ahead. going to a song that I like to sing when I find out that something ain't right. It's from Porgy and Bess. From Porgy and Bess. Okay. It ain't necessarily so. That's right. It ain't, it necessarily. ain't necessarily so. The things that you're liable to read in the Bible, they ain't, ain't necessarily, necessarily so. Get the Porgin Best soundtrack. That song's in it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this guy or this thing or this substance or this noun or this verb. This construct. This construct yeah, that's called, called Satan. Yes. It's not pronounced Satan, it's pronounced Satan. And in the Hebrew writings, it's never by itself. It's preceded by kind of, what do you call the, the word the? The ha. It's, yeah, but it's like, what is it, a preposition? It's a, um, whatever grammatical term it is in English. Right. It never shows up by itself. By itself, no. It's, it's the, the 
something. Ha, the ha, Hasatan. Hasatan, yeah. Now, in our prior podcast, so I don't want to go back, I don't want to go back and, and dig up um, um, mm, I don't want to go back and dig up Jeez, I can't even think of the text now. Um, I don't want to dig up Bereshit, Genesis in the beginning, where he talks about the serpent, and then everybody wants to make the serpent the devil. I'm not going there. And I don't want to go back to Isaiah uh, chapter 14, where it talks about, star, and I saw, yeah. I, I saw one falling from heaven, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I don't want to go back there because we've already podcast on that. That's correct. That okay. is absolutely correct. So I want to go back there. If you want to, if you want to check in on that, you, you go, you can find that podcast and go back to it. Mm-hmm. But I want to start somewhere. I want to talk about this, the meaning of Satan. Okay. And I'm using, I'm going to tell you what my source is. Um, I'm using the uh, Anchor Bible Dictionary as my as my as my reference source okay for what i'm going to talk about along with some other knowledge that i've also come come across there is absolutely no doubt that the noun satan is related to the verb satan and what text tells me is that the verb occurs six times in text. And the first text we're going to look at is in uh, Psalms, the Helium, chapter 38, verse 20, which is up there on the board. Now, do you want to make a distinction about what text you're talking about? The Masoretic text? Yeah, the Masoretic text. Okay. Hopefully y'all know that as y'all listening to us, that that's what we're referring to. In the Masoretic text, as it is translated by our honorable or our, our translator, uh, David Stern, he writes that, and this is, and not only is it here, but it's also written in your uh, King James and whatever other version that you're using, it reads the same. It says, but my enemies are alive and well, and those who wrongfully hate me increase their numbers. And since they repay good with evil, they oppose me because I pursue good. Now, the, the action word in the text is the word oppose, which is the verb. Mm -hmm. The verb is oppose. The oppose me. So we're looking at this verb text here. There. In, uh, in the helium that that makes it so. Let's go to, if you can get me uh, sure. uh, Psalms uh, 71 and 13. Okay. We're going to see, we're going to see the same, the same word here in Psalms uh, 71 uh, and 13. This verb use of explaining this word that is used as a time. We're going to get there. We're going to, we're going to break this down for you so you can understand what, what the word Satan means. It reads this way. May those who are opposed to me be put to shame and ruin. May those who seek to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. Once again, mm -hmm. we have the verb usage of this word uh, Satan, oppose. 
Take me to uh, Psalms 109 and 4. Psalms 109 and verse 4. Now, in this particular verse here, Sean, we're going to see that in, it says, In return for my love, they became my accusers, even though I pray for them. They repay me with evil for good and hatred for my love. The optimal word in the text here is the word accusers. Yep. Now, every time you see in text the word accuser, okay, mm -hmm. a lot of people once again think that that's the devil or as they call it, Satan. Mm. Well, I'm going to tell you, in the use of the word, how the word is used from a verb perspective, it is Satan, but what the verb is doing, it's being an opposer or it's being an accuser which is what we have. Verse 20 of that same text says, this is what the adversaries went, this is what my adversaries want Yahweh to do, those who speak evil against me. So those that speak evil against me are my accusers. Okay? Okay? So I'm bringing an accusation against you. I'm accusing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go, let's jump out of here. Let's go to Zechariah 3 and 1. Now, in Zechariah 3 and 1, he says, He showed me Yahashua, the Kohenim, Haggadah, standing before the angel of Yahweh, with the accuser standing at his right hand to accuse him. Now you'll notice that the word, the accuser follows in bracket the Hebrew hasatan. Mm -hmm. Why is it bracketed and why is it in that context? Because the accuser is, 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 is that verb or that action word that represents satan. Why have they capitalized Satan? That I don't know, other than to bring reference or bring, bring focus to this accuser being something that we need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, when we look at these things... Yeah, and, and that one too, that, that's in a dream that he's, that he's talking about. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is like a... Um, may Yahweh rebuke my accuser. Indeed, may Yahweh, who made Jerusalem a choice of you, isn't anything. I mean, even when he starts out, he says he showed me Yahashua, yeah. the Kohen Gadol, standing before the angel or the Melech yep. of Yahweh. Yep. So this is, in a, this is in a vision that he's seeing that's talking about the deliverance of the Ibir people. Yes. Now, we want to get somewhere, okay? The problem that seems to arise uh, from all of this uh, is when, one, when we attempt to select the best English equivalent mm -hmm. to this Hebraic word, Satan, especially since Satan lacks a cognate, a cognate in any of the Semitic languages. Mm -hmm. The choice appears to be between accuse, slander, and adversary. Mm -hmm. So we have these, we have these, we have these verbs. We have the verb accuse, slander, 
and adversary, which are prominent in Scripture. And every time we see the word accused or we see the word uh, adversary and so forth and so on, we've been trained in our Christian thinking to think that that is the devil or Satan. Mm. It's not. Correct. It's not. Correct. It's not. When we look at Psalms 38 and verse 20, when we look at Psalms 38 and verse 20, it's going to read in this context, but my enemies are alive and well. Those who wrongfully, that's an accusation, that's an accuser, who wrongfully hate me increase their numbers. And since they repay good with evil, they oppose me because I pursue good. So now I'm, I'm accusing you because you are standing for good. I'm making an accusation against you because you are doing that which is good. So what this kind of establishes for us, it takes this whole context of, of there being a physical devil, right. so to speak, or a physical being of red horns somehow, being in play with what's going on with this word Satan and what have you. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Great point. Now, so when we look at what we're dealing with here, it says, those who repay me good with evil accuse or slander me when I seek to do good. So we have this word that, that uh that that is embodied in here that gives us some 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 rope to, to look at. Let's look at Psalms 109 and 3 and see what it says. I wonder who wrote all these. <laughs> Surround me with hateful words and attack me without cause. So now, the writer who here could say, Satan, get behind me, or Satan, get off of me. Mm -hmm. But if he did that, you would still think that it's talking about a being. Right. And in this context that we're studying and we're looking at, mm -hmm. it's not a being. It's correct. At all. It's correct. At all. Can I, you know, while, while, you're, while you're skipping around, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something that's, that's, that's notable about our people and, and, and why this adds credence to what you're saying, some validity and value, is that when you read the, the context of the Ibir text, the Masoretic text, or the books of Moshe, or even the ancillary auxiliary books, you don't really see anywhere where the Most High is telling you to be afraid of some devil. No. Never does he ever tell you to do that. No. Be aware that there's some evil lurking spirit hiding behind the bush that may be able coming out to get you. No. Our thing is what? 
you've gotten away from these mitzvot, you need to be aware that these other nations are going to come and oppose you, and I'm going to send them to give you a good shellacking. Right. So, but we're never we're never shown in this in in the text to fear or even be looking for some entity construct called a devil or Satan, if you yeah. will. Now, now I, I, I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to jump right in here. I'm going to jump in the middle okay. and say something. Okay, I'm going to say something. Every time we within the religious world have something negative come against us, the first thing out of, oh, the devil is a liar. <laughs> and, and pain hits your body and we say, oh no, I rebuke you, devil, mm -hmm. as if the devil's attacking your body. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you tonight of a certainty that all of that is folklore and is a misunderstanding of text. Yeah. Now, now, now here's the problem, Sean. Oh, you two Hebrew Negroes think you just know it all. No, 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 we don't. Nope. These questions come up. And here's the here's here's our job. Here's our what we can do. We can answer the hard questions that your pastor, your bishop, your supervisor, your, su your, 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 your superintendent, your steward, or whoever you're going to to ask these questions. We're answering the questions they cannot answer, and we're answering it by virtue of using text. Absolutely. Because, yeah, if you destroy these pillars, it's, it's funny how we've never really, until now, really tore up. This, if, this, this construct called the devil until now, because we've done a, a tremendous job of trying to deal with the Jesus part. But what I've come to realize in doing a little bit of backstory and research and preparing for this podcast is that Christians will hold on to the idea of Christ as hard as they will hold, hold on, on to, to the, the to concept the of the devil. Of the devil. Right. They go both hand <laughs> in hand. They, you yeah. eliminate one now, okay, now the whole entire the pillars of the foundation of what it's built on. Because most people, they came to what? Christ, because somebody probably scared you into it, saying, well, you don't want to go and spend the eternity with, well, in hell. Well, you don't want to go to hell and be with the devil. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Neither one of them. Right. Now, <clears throat> here, if you go back and read the text that I've already highlighted, it's clear in these passages that I've dealt with, and from especially the Psalms, that the enemies of the writer are defaming the character of David and are thus slanderers. Mm. So, so now the aspect of defaming, slandering, or accusing is all within this within this word satan. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what satan does. Satan is an accuser. He's a, it's it's a slander. And 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 within the framework of that, if you go back and read the text that we just given you, all of the text that is written leads to there being an individual who's doing the slandering and the accusing, an individual, a human being. Mm. Not some 
So now, yeah. with that being the case, if I come up and I accuse you wrongly, you have the right to say in words, if you understand what's going on, okay, Satan, get behind me. Yeah, my accuser, get behind me. My accuser, get behind me. Mm -hmm. My slanderer, get behind me. Mm -hmm. You have a right to say that if you understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Now, what they're saying about the writer is palpable, false. Therefore, their mouths must be shut one way or another. But does the fact that Satan to slander suggests the noun Satan should always be translated as slander? Not necessarily so. Mm. There are instances where a Satan engages in activities that are patently slanderous. Case in point, <laughs> where I want to get to so badly, Come is on. in Job there he is. chapter number one. All right. So let's go there. Famous book. Let's go to Job 1. Let's go to Job. He's okay. in there. He's in there. He's there in he there. is right there. Oh, there he is. Job chapter 1. It's your job to look at Job. Yo ebb. <laughs> Yo ebb. Yo ebb. Job. In Job chapter 1, let's we're going to we're going to read the text and we're going to read the text down. There was a man in the land of Uts, whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared El and shunned evil. Woo. Okay. That's a lot. That's a mouthful right there. Underline. That tells you his character Under, right there. Underline, underline that. He feared El and he shunned evil. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> I'm going to preface this. Okay. There is one man in text whose testimony maps to that. Mm. And that individual was tested to the core to prove it. Who might I be talking about? Avraham. Father Avraham. Avraham. And I want you to put a pin in Avraham. Yeah. Put okay. a pin in that. Abraham is the only individual in text where text speaks of him in this context. And I also want to make sure that we also understand here, too, that it says this man was blameless and upright. So don't come to me telling me that Christ is the only person that's in this text that walked upright in his days while he was on this earth. Because he didn't. Because he didn't. I'm going to tell you right now. That says right there in that text, he was blameless. That means that if you accuse him, ha, using the word, of any breaking of any of these misfolds, you couldn't do it. Because he walked upright and he feared. There's another young lady we just got done talking about. It was the same way. Yeah. Her name was Yehudit. Yehudit. She was upright and feared. The same thing that's saying about this man is the same thing she's saying about her. But go ahead. Now... Here's the interesting part of this text. This, the language in this text, as, we, as we're going to read down, is the same language that's not written in text, but written in the auxiliary books concerning Father Abraham. Same way. Same way. Same exact text. Consistent. 
Love it. And here's what the text says. The accuser, the accuser comes before the Most High L and says to the Most High L, have you considered Avraham? Mm-hmm. He has forsaken you. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but in what way? Mm-hmm. Well, ever since you provided him with the divine child Isaac in his old age, he has not brought you an offering or made any, any conciliation towards what you have done. Therefore, he has forgotten you. Have you considered him? In that, he has a son. Will he, will he, is he willing to give up his son for you? Mm. That's kind of the verbiage within the text. Okay. I could go back and get it and read it, but I forget exactly. Okay. I think I highlighted in highlighted in, in the book of Yasher. But so what that what that does is that fills in that gap that says from the time that the covenant was made between yes. Abraham and the Most High Yahweh, there's a conversation that's happening. Yes. That says okay, because what it does is it says we have made we made this covenant and this vow, and then the next thing you hear is oh I'm getting ready to test you. Yes. There's a reason why I'm testing you is because somebody had brought a yes a a a report or an accusation. To prove your pedigree yes, on yes. who you are. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. Now, with that being the case, the Most High approaches Abraham concerning Isaac. And he tells him, he says, I want you to take your son Isaac and offer him as a sacrifice. The the uh, the, uh, the uh, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the Hebrew word. Um, uh, one of those uh, like those shalomim. You talking yeah, about I can't specific ola? I can no, I can't think of the word. But okay. I want him to. I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. A burnt offering. Burnt offering. Okay. Abraham doesn't blink. No, he doesn't. He goes to Isaac. Neither does son now. And he says to I. He says, well, first of all, he goes to. Uh, he goes to, uh, to Sarah, and he tells Sarah, I and the lad need to take a journey. Mm-hmm. But the problem with this is that Sarah is attached. She's so attached to Isaac till she really doesn't want him out of her sight. But she understands that there's something in play although she's not sure what. Mm-hmm. And she and Isaac and Abraham stand weeping, I mean bawling, over this issue of Isaac leaving her. Mm. But she consents. She says to Abraham, you go and do what the Most High has told you. So but she doesn't know what he's told her. See, this all makes sense to me now. Now we're, still, now, we're still talking about this accuser because this accuser is going to show up. Mm-hmm. But see, the, the thing, the parallel that you're drawing here with that particular one is that it's, I think it's historically written somewhere that the book of Yeov is older than oh, 
than it is. It's older than it's older than it's older than the beginning. Right. So if we have these individuals that are exuding this type of type of um, behavior with the Most High, it did, it makes sense as to why Avraham is acting the way he's acting because he's just like literally, it's like you're saying, well, because from the example that you read down here, because he gets afflicted and his wife gives him a, a, a not a report that he likes. He calls her a wicked woman because she's just like, why don't you go curse the most high and, and go off somewhere and die somewhere? Well, okay, good. Now, hold, hold tight. We, we got to stay, stay in where I'm at. Okay, okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm getting I'm you off hold. track because I can go on another tangent. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So now, Abraham approaches Isaac mm -hmm. and says to Isaac, we're going to take a trip. And I'm going to explain to you what's going to take place. Mm -hmm. I'm going to offer you as a burnt offering before the Most High. Okay? Isaac responds to his father and says, Father, whatever the will of the Most High is, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. Abraham comes back to Isaac and asks him a very specific question. Okay? Is there anything in your heart, mind, or spirit that would cause you apprehension? Isaac says, no. Whatever the Most High has said must happen, I'll do. Right. Because this is the point that I was getting ready to make, was that whatever is set in place, that is what's got to happen. It's what's got to happen. And so, therefore, there's no there's no reason to balk balk at anything. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because the language is, "Have you considered Abraham?" Mm -hmm. In this case, the question is, "Have you considered Consider your servant Job?" Job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wow, I, that's I, I an interesting parallel. I, I'm not going to go into the rest of the dissertation with Abraham and Isaac and and the Akedah, uh, uh going to the mountain and all that. But but that's that in itself is also interesting because. In that particular case, uh, the accuser shows up three times. Mm. It shows up when when uh, when Abraham and Isaac get to the mountain, and uh, he shows up in 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 in, in Abraham's uh, conversation as an old man, and he has a discussion trying to trying to trying to throw. Uh, uh, Abraham off the off the task at hand. Then he shows up to Isaac, and he, as a small as a as a as a young person, saying to Isaac, "Do you know what your father's getting ready to do?" Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. We talked about this briefly when we were on the phone. Is anywhere in that text? Correct me if I'm wrong. Why are we looking at that as a negative? Why are we looking at someone coming and asking the Most High, have you considered somebody else? Why all of a sudden now that's a negative thing? Oh, I'm going to talk about it. Okay, oh, I, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. You remember, you remember when you told, me, you told me, as I was sharing with you earlier, mm -hmm. you said, uh, I have to ask you, to, what was that word you said? You, I asked you to, uh, it was kind of like, stop. Stop talking. <laughs> Just stop talking. Because... Because I don't want, I want the exposition. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't want the explanation. I want it to be a surprise. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, got it. Okay. So now here we are 
and he's in the accuser is now in Isaac's face. You know what your father's getting ready to do? Mm. He's getting ready to offer you as a burnt offering. And blah, 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 blah. Isaac's going like, well, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. You know? Then he, he couldn't, he couldn't get, he couldn't get Abraham's attention. He couldn't get Isaac's attention. He goes to Sarah. Because Sarah doesn't know at this particular point. Mm -hmm. So this accusing spirit, angel, goes and tells Sarah. Sarah now becomes very anxious about it. She goes off to look for her son and Abraham. She can't find him. And in the course of her not being able to find him, and she's so, she's so attached to Isaac, and she now feels that this accuser has told her something that she didn't know that's happening, that she feels that Isaac is now never going to return to her, and that's where she dies. Out of just grief out and of grief. out of grieving for her son. Yeah. So the accuser showed, this accusing angel showed, now, 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 now I want you to understand something. I said that the accuser is one who produces accusations and produces slander and what have you. And this is, and it, and it can be a person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to, now we're going to take this somewhere else with Job. Correct, yeah. In order to understand the book of Job and the, under, and the opening of the book of Job, there is something that's in play that's germane to a mitzvot. Mm. And it says that on the, what is it, the 10th day of the month of the eighth should be a tenth day of the eighth of the month. Eighth month of should the seventh be, month. Eighth month should be the eighth month. Eighth month that there are supposed to be uh, a festival, and that festival it happens to be the day of atonement. Huh? It's not in the text. Oh, okay. You can't. You're not going to find it in the text. I'm not going to find it in this particular. Text. Okay, but the action that's being taken takes us to the fact that this particular day that's occurring mm -hmm. is on the day of atonement. Thus, the question, have you considered he's blameless? Now, let's look at what's, <laughs> let's look at the text. Now, let's go back to the text. Okay. We're going back all the way up to the top? Come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, come down, come down. Now, Joe what? Uh, first, go and take me to four. Um, I'll read it here. Um, oh, let me get out of here. Where are you? Get out of here. Let me go back to here. So let's go back. This man was blameless and upright. He feared Yah and shunned evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 pairs of oxen, 500 female donkeys, as well as a great number of servants, so that he was the wealthiest man in the East. Mm. Now, remember, we've already prefaced, prefaced that Yob is precedes in writing Bereshit. It's one of the oldest books in text. Correct. Okay? Now, 
it was the, listen to the text, it was the custom of his sons to give banquets. Well, first of all, remember, Job is wealthy. Okay, there's one other man that's wealthy. Yeah. Abraham. 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 So very rich. Job and Abraham are running parallel in terms of their relationship with the Most High sure. and also in relationship with their wealth. Okay. They're running synonymous. They're, they're running parallel. Abraham has been has already been qualified, and Job is getting ready to be qualified. Okay. Let's not read the, the verse. Let's drop down to verse 6 because verse 6 is the one we want to deal with. It happened one day that as the sons of El came to serve Yahweh, that should read in proper translation. It should be, it came, it happened one day that the angels of Yah came to serve Yahweh and among them came the adversary and let's put it in parentheses, Hasatan. Yahweh asked the adversary, where are you coming from? The adversary answered Yahweh, from going, from roaming through the earth, wandering here and there. Yahweh asked the adversary, did you notice my servant Yehov, that there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears me and shuns evil? The adversary answered Yahweh, is it for nothing that Job fears you? You have put a protective hedge around him, his house, and everything he has. You've prospered his work, and his livestock are spread out all over the land. And if you reach out your hand and touch whatever he has, without doubt, he'll curse you to your face. Yahweh said to the adversary, here, Everything he has is in your hands, except that you are not to lay a finger on his person. Then the adversary went out from the presence of Yahweh. That's the whole context. Mm -hmm. Now, where are you coming from? Going throughout the land. Now, there's something that has to happen on the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement, when it occurs, and you Christians have always talked about every man's going to appear before the throne of God and is going to have to give an account of the deeds that he's done in his life. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. There's not going to be an accounting discussion with the Most High about your deeds. Hmm. You are already going to be pre-selected pre and pre-separated mm -hmm. by this angel who goes out here in this text that's called the adversary. There is an adversarial angel that on the day of atonement that will go throughout the earth and who will separate those that are righteous 
from those who are not righteous. And in the context of that, the question comes up from the most high. Uh, so you've looked at everybody. Have you considered this And one? you've brought me back the list of those that are and those that ain't. But have you considered my servant Job? Mm -hmm. Now, when we listen to the context of Job, everything about Job measures up with Avraham. Sure. Everything. And the only difference that we have, because we're reading through a, a, a text that's not in any chronological order, we come to the testing of Abraham before we get to the testing of Job. That's correct. We do. <coughs> but when the Most High tested Abraham, and he precluded to spare Abraham from making Isaac his sacrifice, he said, hold your hand. There is a ram in the thicket. Mm -hmm. Why is the ram in the thicket? Because the adversary is trying to preclude the ram who was prepared. Now, here I go. Now, I'm not, and, I'm not, and I'm not spiritualizing this. The Most High has said, before you were born, I knew you. Mm -hmm. So before things happen, there are already things that are put in motion before. And this particular ram has been purposed for this occasion sure. before the foundation of the earth that the Most High knew that this was going to happen. Sure. Absolutely. And the adversary purposely hung him up in the thicket so that he could not get to Avraham. Oh. Hmm. But that, did, but that did not preclude Abraham from getting to the sacrifice that was in place of Isaac. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I gotta, I got I gotta take. I, I hope I can get back on track. Yeah. You, okay. All right. Track. Now. Woo. <laughs> Woo. This gets good. All right. This gets better as we go along. So the Most High has said in text that the issue of sacrificing a human being never entered my mind. It never entered my mind that a human being should be offered as a sacrifice. You know what? That's why I don't let you outside too much. <laughs> it never entered my mind that a human being should be offered as a sacrifice. Even when there was a clear opportunity to do it, I never allowed it, it, it to happen. He said it never entered my mind. Huh. It could have happened with Abraham and sure. Isaac. I stopped it because it never entered my mind. And it, the issue was, it was a test of Abraham's faith as to whether or not I could trust him. And when I stopped him, I said to Abraham, now I know. Mm -hmm. that I can trust you. So now we got to go somewhere. You know where we got to go. If I'm hollering, it's because I'm excited. You know where we got to go. So now, if the Most High stopped Abraham from sacrificing his only divine son, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, 
I want to say it. I want to say it. I want to say it. Come on, we got to say it. We got to keep it Toys R Us up in here. I want to say it. I can't say it. Why in the world would God in the New Testament offer supposedly his only begotten son if he didn't do it in the first place with, with, with Abraham and Isaac and if he said it never entered my mind that a man should be offered as a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Now you Christians go figure that out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you Christians go figure that out. He wouldn't let Isaac, Abraham, sacrifice Isaac. He said in text, it never entered my mind, but we go across the street, and all of a sudden now he's sacrificing his son. Hmm. That does not add up. No, it doesn't add up at all. It's, see, now we get into an issue of contextually setting a precedent upon which the behavior of the Most High operates in. I'm sorry, you and Christians. That, I just dropped an atomic bomb on your theory. <laughs> Blew it all in. And I can use this word, blew it all to hell. Yeah. Yeah, because that no don't exist. Yeah, we can, use, we can use fictitious places that don't exist. No pun intended. <laughs> blew it all to hell. <laughs> so. Wowee. That's good. So. So. We suggest that this word satan means accuser with the added nuance of either adversary or slanderer depending on context. Now. There resides in the Shemaim with the heavenly host a Malak whose specific job it is to, to go out and make accusations. Mm. But what are, the, what are the accusations being made for? Mm. Yeah. And yeah. what are the slanderings being made for? Because I just read to you, I just read to you six of them out of the book of Psalms and out of Zechariah. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Where the issue is always a matter of testing the righteous. Which is not uncommon for the Most High because he does it all the time. He does it all the time. That is, that is a common trait. He tests the righteous mm -hmm. by this angel that he uses. Mm -hmm. And it's not the devil. <laughs> it's, it's the word is Satan because the, what he does, he goes out and he makes accusations right. and he slanders and he does those kinds of things. Now, when we get here in the book of Kings, let me go to the book of Kings, Kings chapter five, I think first Kings five. And four. You know what? I'm going to mess you up. You dropped an atomic bomb on my I'm thinking what their rebuttal is going to be. Well, he's God. He can change his mind. He can do whatever he wants to do. No, he's, he can't. He's God. No, he can't. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the reason why he can't. He can't because he said he can't. <laughs> right. He said he can't in numbers. Right. I'm not a human. Mm -hmm. That I should lie. Or change or my change mind. change my mind. Right. So, no, you, you can't bring me that argument. Right. Because, yeah, then it nullifies everything. Yeah, all that other stuff. 
I'm just throwing that out there so in case y'all wanted to use that. It ain't going to work. Let me see here. Do I want to go to Kings? Maybe I don't. Let me see here. There is There are instances... In text, yes, I do want to go to Kings. Let me go to Kings, First uh, Kings, chapter four. Let's look at four. Okay. Give me four. Give me four there. First Kings, chapter four. Got it. Yeah, and then I, I might want to go to eighteen, First five King. and eighteen four. Oh boy, that's in the David years, chapter four. Let's see. What verse one? I don't know. Well, let's let, let wait. No, let's do this. Let's let me do this. And first, let's go. Let's go. Skip that. Let's do this. In First Kings chapter four, five and verse four, and in First Kings chapter five through eighteen, deals with the issue of war. Mm. Uh, in the third instance, involves Solomon. He wrote to Hiram, king of Tyre, and. Uh, the friend of his late father, stating that David had been unable to build the temple because he was preoccupied with war or expanding and defending his empire. Now, however, Solomon is free to pursue the project uh, for his era is one of related peace, one in which uh, Solomon Slomo is without any kind of adversary. Any, any type of hasatan. He's not, in, he's not involved during this time of reign, of his reign. He's not involved in any kind of accusatory, in any kind of slander or anything. Mm -hmm. And speaking in the absence of hasatan on his borders, it spoke pr uh, prematurely some years later that Yahweh raised up two satans against Shlomo, whose relationship with Yahweh was, was in disarray. <clears throat> the first one was Hadad, from Edom in 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 14. The second one is with Rizon from Syria in 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 23 and 25. Here again the meaning of Satan is military is is a military rival who lives outside one's empire that brings this confusion and brings all this accusations into play mm -hmm. to bring things that don't need to happen. Mm. Okay? Uh, so, my point in all this discussion this evening, if I haven't confused you, no, you haven't. I mean, this is probably this is this is brilliant. There's there, the the thing. I'm not trying to you know be a fanboy here, but I mean, the, these parallels that are being drawn. If there is a distinction that's being made, it's like this this devil construct and what like we started out before and what contextually we're talking about over here are two different things but i'm i'm stealing thunder go ahead no you're not <laughs> no you're not no you're not i mean it's the you can't as a person having the cognitive ability to read text go back and carry this concept again this construct of the devil and place it into the Masoretic text. It, it it doesn't work. You can keep the devil in hell over there in the New Testament. Because that's now, where he belongs. Now, please realize, okay, we deal with the angelic force. We go back to Job's text when the angels of Yahweh came together, okay, the accuser also showed up. Mm -hmm. the, the angelic force cannot operate independently on its own. 
the the angelic force, the host of the Most High, operate at the discretion of the Most High. Mm. Therefore, amongst them is there is the accusing Malak. Mm -hmm. The accusing Malak also cannot operate on his own. He has to operate. It has to operate on at the at the permission and is dependent upon the Most High given given it instructions and permission. Yeah, permission to do, to do the things. That, yeah. Now, with all that I've said tonight, okay, I hope you understand that. Number one, if you go back and listen to a prior podcast, we talk about there not being a devil. One, there's, there can't be a hell because the Most High didn't create one. And the fact that this word that we're talking about, Satan, Satan or Ha-Satan with the article, the Satan, is an accusatory malak that functions at the permission of the Most High for the purpose of testing one mm -hmm. and for the pur purpose on the Day of Atonement of declaring, of declaring to the Most High those who are righteous and those who are not righteous. Because there has to be a distinction made, not that the Most High can't make the distinction himself, but the issue is, have you also considered Job in your going through and looking at all these people who are you supposed to be righteous and not righteous? Have you considered Job? Mm -hmm. Well, I've considered him, but I know that you protect him. Okay, so now we're going to do the same thing that we did to Abraham, but Job comes first. We're going to put Job through the test. Mm -hmm. We're going to take everything he has. Yes. We're going to cause him to break out in boils. Yep. We're going to call him to suffer real bad. And in the end, we're going to see if he denounces me. Mm. Because what the Most High says, I have confidence in the righteousness of this man and the stability of this man that there is nothing that anything could do to him that will cause him to denounce me. That is some resolve. That is some resolve. And I'm going to add this. You may disagree with me on this, but I don't think it's for the Most High to have this epiphany about his servant. I think it's more of the servant having an epiphany about his relationship with the Most High. Most High knows all this already. Exactly. Maybe you don't understand and you need to see well, or go through this process is that, hey, I, I went through this. Well, yeah, because because we listen to the narrative of Job. Mm -hmm. Because when he when when he finally gets in the face of the most on the most high starts asking him a question. Mm. Um, excuse me, Job. Where were you? Yeah, when I created. And where were you? <laughs> right. And where were you? Right. And where were you? So all this stuff that you're bringing to me now, okay? Mm-hmm doesn't fly with me. Mm -hmm. I need you to be quiet and listen. Yeah. Because I need to instill something in you to prove my point to the accuser that you have arrived at a point where I can trust you. Yeah. yeah. Because there's another person coming up behind you that's called Abraham who I'm going to put through the same test. Mm-hmm. 
And when he arrives at the conclusion of test, I'm going to affirm to him, now I can trust you. Yeah, it's that, you see, it's, you that see, narrative you, is beautiful. You see, you see, listen, listen, class. Everything, don't get it twisted. Everything that we do with the most high hell, L, is based on his ability to trust us. Mm-hmm. You can't gain any more. Listen, your text across the street writes in the book of Corinthians, no man knoweth a man except that man reveals himself to you. Mm. Now, I'm not going to reveal myself to you about anything about me unless I can trust you with the information I'm going to give you. Absolutely. Well, the Most High is not... <laughs> See, you know, you, you, you're in a you're in a place where I I really got to say this because I'm I'm about my own personal testimony and growth in this is the fact that once I really started listening to the Most High and actually started acting and and in the vein of what He wanted me to do, there was an increase, a, a increase of information and an increase of just quality of life of everything that the Most High put. But, but it had to deal with being able to trust me with the small stuff first. Literally, like I have to give you this. I have to give you, and 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 it's just like with any parent with a child. You're not going to give your child some big responsibility unless they can prove to you along the way they think they can handle it and matriculate into it. So here again, we've got two individuals, Job and Avraham, where I'm going to test you to see whether or not you can handle this, and really, it's going to be cathartic for you to understand that you can handle it. That no matter what is being brought before you, you will still be true. Because I know you will. I already know the answer. And in the case of Abraham, Abraham is a slam dunk. Because he literally just made the covenant with him and told him, hey, listen, through you, all of this is going to happen. So when even still, even in your distress and even in the fact that you're having these issues, you're going to go up on this mountain. Don't you think that I'm going to... And, and I'm proving to you who I am. And interestingly enough, that was Isaac's point of agreement Isaac's point of agreement when Hasatan came him to him with this story his point of agreement with him that can't be true exactly. because the growth of the seed of the nation of Israel has to come from me so I can't be dead. Right. So let's go on up here so and just so do let's it. Go on up here and do what we're gonna do. <laughs> right. Because I know it ain't gonna happen. Exactly. Now, listen. You and every individual who walks this earth with the most high is going to be tested to the point at some to some degree in our search for knowledge and truth and the knowledge and truth that we receive from the most high is going to be based on whether or not he can trust you with what the information he's given you mm -hmm. oh come on there's another one right there it's sitting right in front of you i just got it come on there's another one right there does it not say in our text, don't test me? I do the testing. You don't test me. You don't make me beneath you. 
<laughs> you know, you know something. You know something. You and I have we we have too much fun doing this. So, so I'm just gonna so, go off camera and just be fussy for a minute. So so listen, listen. You all wonder why it is when we come on the podcast every every week. We come on, we start laughing because because we have too much fun doing this. Oh, that we do. Let me close with that. This. We do. Okay. Can't nobody pray divine favor upon you. Favor has to be earned. Agreed. And if in some case of your life, you see something that has taken place where favor has come your way, it's because you earned it. Mm. Mm. Nobody, no prophet can come prophesying up on you stuff that does not resonate with text. Stop it. Stop with the foolishness. Right. Everything that happens to us as believers of the Most High comes out of the relationship that we individually have with him. And whether or not he can trust us with what he's getting ready to do for us, through us, and with us. Mm -hmm. And if he can't do that, you're sitting on a log all by you. Can't say that. <laughs> can't say that. You're sitting on a log all by yourself. That's right. That's right. Delusional. And, and, and not only are you delusional, but you're accepting delusional prayers from people who don't have a shut-the-front-door clue. I think I better stop there, because I'm getting... Yeah, because you know what? We're going to get into... I'm a... Now that we've got through our monologue, <laughs> here's the real teacher right here. <laughs> if I'm going to stop, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. This is good. That... I hope that listening to this podcast, you get something, uh, a thought to think about. But please understand, the devil's not putting pain in your body. The devil, there's no devil putting pain in your body. There's no devil causing your day to go wrong. Or the devil is a liar. Well, no, the lie is in you. Correct. Because the consciousness of your own actions are what's attributing to what's happening around you. Yeah, take atonement. Yeah, take a responsibility. Absolutely. Nobody's making you eat wrong. <laughs> that's causing you. you to get sick. Exactly. But you. Come on. Nobody's <laughs> causing you to do anything that is wrong, that's affected, that is the aftermath of your actions, but you. For every action, there's a consequence. Mm -hmm. Depending on the action, it will be good or it will be bad. Nobody's, nobody's, there, nobody's contributing to that but you. Right. So therefore, the fallout is not anybody's fault. It ain't the, 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 devil, didn't, the devil didn't make you do it. It comes out of the consciousness of your own mind. Mm-hmm. Because you've given you, the Most High has given you two things. Mm. He's given you the ability to choose that which is right and that which is wrong. Selah. This mm -hmm. has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman, Jr.